Industry Insider is only available at Promo Corner, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Each Monday, they discuss, dissect, and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective. Now, it's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider, your promotional products podcast where you can get all the nerdy news you need to know about. My name is Jeff Franklin. National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA, and I'm joined today by three other lovely folks, but this incredible broadcast that you're tuning into is uh, brought to you by our good friends over at TechWeld. Uh, and look, when you're thinking about promotional items, stellar customer service, and made in the USA products and business solutions, think TechWeld. Uh, TechWeld is an award-winning promotional product supplier, having received the Distributor Choice Award in the Sunglass category and the Sagney Supplier Award as well. Uh, check them out at techweld.com and find the customer service that you deserve and the products that you need. Think TechWeld. Um, you know, I, I'm sitting here with my third cold of the year. Uh, thanks, kids. Uh, I wish they could keep their hands out of their mouths at daycare, uh, but certainly hand, hand sanitizer could, uh, could certainly help that. And uh, look, due to, due to coronavirus and just the other nasty crap that's out there going around right now, uh, hand sanitizer is definitely still recommended and in a time of uncertainty. Knowledge that uh, products are FDA compliant is key as well. And they've got a lot of FDA compliant products uh, over at TechWeld also. So go check them out. Remember to thank TechWeld for your promotional product needs. TechWeld is a leading supplier in promotional products with a huge inventory made in the USA items available to help distributors grow their bottom line today. Visit TechWeld, T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com and check them out. Uh, check out the, <clears throat> the sanitizers. They've got kits uh, as well. And uh, tell them the Industry Insider sent you. Uh, why don't we say hi to Stephen McFadden? How are you doing today, sir? I am doing awesome. I am uh, not cold. Like, seems like a lot of the rest of the country is so that's nice um sorry tommy <laughs> See, I, I have to uh i i i actually have to point something out because i've never sure. seen the side of your headphones before and i gotta salute you for using a promotional item oh yeah yeah i got my rhapsodies go. yeah very nice very nice all right meg erber how are you doing today well my internet's still going so so far so good we have a new router back there but other than that i started a new jujitsu gym it is. It looks like a spaceship. Like, but um, my body is so sore. I we were doing like single leg takedowns last night, and just on my right side. So my whole right side is like, eh, it's hard to walk, sit down, move, jump. You gotta tell anything. BJ to stop. Uh, stop beating you up. <laughs> can, can I can I comment on that, Meg? So I just sure. started um, working out again on Sunday, and I have basically almost fallen down the stairs every day since and uh i've i'm miserable to be around right now so yeah um, that's that's my life I'm hoping well, we, we were gonna do that like <laughs> like what is it challenge and you guys were both like uh no and i'm like come on guys let's do that biggest loser challenge and then now you're working out and don't even want to compete against me <laughs> i didn't know there was a the biggest let's do it let's do it all right let's it. do it we'll have like right, a you- you, competition you have fun with that i'm, I'm good <laughs> but on, on that note, though, my my uh my wife she's been hiking uh each week and she she took a hiatus actually for several weeks over the winter but she just went back again uh like two weeks ago or something and it was funny watching her like gimp down the stairs <laughs> but uh anyhow tommy lewis our special guest today with halo branded solutions how are you doing today sir fantastic uh about 25, 26 degrees here in frozen Dallas, Texas. 
Yeah, that's uh, a bit of a shock. I know that that's uh, sort of what Stephen was talking about or alluding to. Uh, Meg and I up in the Northeast, we're experiencing, uh, you know, like 65, 70 degree weather and you're down in Texas freezing to death. Uh, it's just a, a weird, weird time. So. Uh, well, Tommy, it is customary for us to give our special guest a good three to four minute introduction, uh, you know, a three, three to four minute time frame to introduce yourself, What you know, maybe how you got started in the promotional products industry and what you've been up to since. So take it away, sir. You bet. Um, yeah, so I'm approaching 25 years in the industry. Uh, I've been with Halo now for these six years in May. Um, you know, started out as a, as a bag carrying sales rep in the industry. I uh, had a couple of major accounts that I won right away as I got into the space and um, have been, I guess, with a total of four companies during my tenure in the industry. Uh, each one uh, advancing in capabilities, resources, et cetera. And um, my gig here at Halo is I'm vice president of enterprise accounts and program sales, which basically means I have the opportunity to work on many of our large opportunities uh, in pursuit, development, growth, and account penetration. Um, started out, uh, Texas boy, grew up in South Texas, was in school, uh, got an opportunity for the Navy to pay for school. I got recruited into what is uh, referenced as the nuclear Navy. Um, ended up in a, a training program they had for about 19 months, uh, which was nuclear reactor theory, um, and then transitioned through mechanics and then uh, ended up with a lead role in water chemistry and environmental responsibilities. Um, did pretty well in school, ended up taking a training responsibility. So I taught at a Navy nuclear facility uh, in Connecticut for about three years after I got done with uh, school. Uh, processed a lot of uh, students. We had folks come in uh, and spend a lot of time with us learning how to, after they've gotten done with a, about 14, 15 months of academic uh, effort, they transitioned into a practical application to be able to actually run a nuclear plant uh, with their specific responsibilities out to sea. And in the entirety of the Navy's nuclear program going back to the 50s, there has never been a, a radiological event on any Navy nuclear reactor. So it is a rather impressive program focused on perfection. Hey, and, hey Tommy, um, fun just as a quick yeah, aside, um, my dad was a nuke tech on the USS Louisville and uh, was in Connecticut. Really? So I was, I was like, I wonder if you guys know each other. <laughs> we all know each you other. It's know. like two degrees of separation here. Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, probably the friend of a friend program, Stephen. Uh, yeah. We, we probably do know some folks. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, there, I actually did know, was your, was your, did your dad get out as a master chief? Uh, I don't remember. I know that. Yeah, there's some folks that went to California. Um, I think they they went further into it. He was in nine or ten years, I believe. Um, mm, that's not Master okay. Chief yet. Yeah, no. it wouldn't be. No, no it's like no. a second class, maybe or first, maybe depending on the rate. Well, nuke, right? So yeah, yeah he's yeah. probably a first class. He may be a chief then, maybe. We'll yeah. make a connection um, after. That was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I had a very uh, nice relationship with the Master Chief McFadden when I was in. Um, so yeah, you never know. Um, but it, it is a, it, that world is a really small world. But to yeah. that point, 
um, military is a small fraternity sorority environment, and uh, <laughs> you know it's kind of it's it, it's a bit like go ahead. I said that's true. It really is. <laughs> yeah, and and it's a bit like family. You know, you you'll see them battle and and have all kinds of comments about one another and uh, positive and negative beat each other up pretty good, and then but anybody from the outside says one crossword, and all of a sudden mm -hmm. it's uh, it's a very very tight knit group, but. Um, no, it was a wonderful place for me to get started. Uh, transitioned after that to a nuclear uh, sub out in California, USS Kamehameha. Ended up getting hurt. Uh, spent a year in the hospital. Uh, had quite a few surgeries on my knees, trying to get them restored back to uh, full service duty, and they couldn't do it. Um, so ended up transitioning out. Um, and this was part of you know the conversation Meg and I were having. But it was a remarkable time, and uh, got married in 98 and uh, my wife actually was one of the people um, that was heavily influenced in my decision was probably the decision maker as we made the final uh, approach into the promotional world. Um, so she, she saw a huge value in this market as I was looking my next career move. So it's a bit of a flyby, Jeff. I don't know if I answered your question well. Out of no, the, I think that's, that's perfect. Level. It's all, it's all about the introduction and getting to know the guest, you know? So uh, it's an awesome story. And I think it's like, like you guys said, two degrees of separation. I think it's really cool. And, uh, you know, there may potentially be, you know, uh, some close bonds there, but, uh, we are here to talk today about, uh, you know, just converting resources into success. I know you've done a couple, uh, panels or a couple, I guess, uh, education sessions, uh, at Expo and then, uh, also direct to you as well. Right, Tommy. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, let's. Why don't Why don't we uh, just get into that? I mean, obviously, I think we're all going to have or, or come from different uh, sort of viewpoints or perspectives on that. But uh, you would certainly come from uh, the military background, uh, Meg. You you would be coming from military background as well as being a, a, a woman in the industry. Um, you know, so yeah. Why don't Why don't we go take Go ahead and take it away, Tommy. As far as like what what you talked about, maybe at Expo, and that'll give us a brief introduction. You bet. So we had the opportunity at Expo. Um, to hold a panel on diversity, equity, and inclusion. It was a remarkable conversation around how do we uh, become a more inclusive group and how do we start to tear down the barriers um, of even having fruitful conversations. And uh, we had a wonderful representation from multiple demographics in the, uh, on the panel, uh, supplier, distributor, uh, we had a representative from PPAI involved in the, in the process as well. And it was a, a really good conversation, but the uh, evolution of our industry, you know, there, there's, you came into it really two ways. You either fell into it on accident, uh, that would be me, or you were born into it. And I haven't really ever met anybody who specifically uh, came to this industry on purpose. Like I had never we? met a soul in did we, we asked we ask that to every single guest and that's why Jeff was laughing because we say you either fell into it or you were born into it but have we ever had a guest that was like I'm gonna go to school to be in the promotional products industry have we had that have we had it now I can't think of one person that had on the other side of that. What about Geiger? Didn't, didn't David, yeah. I mean, David Geiger didn't necessarily go to school to be in the industry, but he did go to school to be a lawyer. Law. Yeah, he was totally born law. into it, though. 
Yeah, but I mean, you know, he didn't go to school to necessarily be in the industry. I'm just saying. That's no, like he's a lawyer. He's like a he's like a smarty pants, but nah. yeah, it doesn't. That's the closest one I can think about. <laughs> the, only, the only ones I can think yeah. of are ones that went into the decoration side. Um, True. So, so people like that, like they knew they wanted to do that. Um, and then I think everyone winds up seeing, oh, I'm also in the promo industry. Yeah. Like, it just, <laughs> so, huh. oh, I guess I did fall into this, like whether I wanted to or not. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Tommy. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're spot on. I mean, and, and that lack of intentional effort makes diversity in our space, in my opinion, a lot harder to accomplish. Uh, we don't, you know, we're the, you know, uh, it, there's different names for our group, but advertising is is included in some of them. Yet, uh, I was having a conversation with one of the deans at TCU um, in the in Fort Worth, and his reference to our industry was when I asked him specifically was one hour of one three hour course in one four year marketing degree, one hour conversation during one three hour course, and so when you don't have an intentional path into our space, uh, then you've got to get a lot more creative with how do you specifically recruit into our industry um, folks from different backgrounds and, and different cultures and, and different ethnicities. And the part that I see that as we were chatting through it, it's really going to have to come down to even an understanding of compensation, because most of the salespeople in our industry uh, today still are a straight commission. Um, right. They, and so when you're looking at building a plan, you, you're going to have to challenge everything from comp models all the way through on how do you change the, the demographic of our world. And um, it's a fruitful conversation, to, to, say the, to, to say the least, because it, it does require a lot of different personalities and a lot of different skill sets in order to expand our, our industry to the next level. Well, one of the things that you mentioned before we jumped on the podcast was like, you know, this is the, it's the unadvertised advertising industry, you know, and I, I like the way that you said that so much because I mean, it really is like, nobody really knows about this industry and we talk about it all the time. And that's why we love to do that three to four minute introduction to get everybody's sort of backstory. But um, you know, it, it really is something that it's, it's very difficult to explain to somebody. Uh, like when I tried to explain to people how I, you know, I sell hats for a living, uh, you know, they thought I worked at lids or something, uh, like they, they just, they have no idea. You don't, you don't work at and, lids. Uh, Steven, we'll talk later. Okay. <laughs> Can I get a discount? <laughs> yes. Uh, instead of a, instead of a $30, uh, personalized cap, I'll do one for you for 25, Meg. How about that? What uh, a deal. Sold. Sold. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's always <laughs> interesting seeing, you know, where people come from, but I, I know it's, it's a problem that I think we all know we face and we haven't quite figured out how to do yet. And that's to get into the curriculum in school, uh, and to really educate people all about the industry. Um, you know, or at least uh, that's like the ultimate goal, right. You know, cause I mean, it's such a large industry. I mean, we're 25, almost $26 billion at one point, uh, you know, prior to COVID and, you know, people just don't understand we're, we're a chapter in a, in a, in a uh, advertising and marketing textbook. Uh, and I think this industry deserves a lot more than that. Um, you know, but if we can ever figure out how to, how to do that, that would be hugely beneficial. But, um, in, in the meantime, I think there's certainly some, uh, minor stepping stones that we can take to get to that point. And that's, that's sort of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, one of the things that I've spent, uh, some of my time doing over the last couple of years, um, is focusing on how to give back into, 
um, into the world. I've had a great career uh, so far, not done, got a lot to do yet, but had a great career, um, had a really fortunate uh, uh, life overall. And between uh, military and, and this industry and school and all of the other things, it's, it's added up to, to what I would consider a remarkable success in my own eyes, uh, which is the, the one that really matters, right? And so when I looked at how do I really put time back in, when you get out of the military, right? And you can, this can equate to college as well. Uh, but when you get out of the military, you move, you're, you're leaving this really safe little womb, right? For folks that are not in the military, you think of explosives, firearms, uh, destruction, mayhem, you know, a lot of violence, et cetera. Uh, at least many people do. But at the end of the day, it's about the safest place you can imagine. Uh, you have no concerns of security when you're in your living environment. You have no thoughts about benefits like healthcare, dental, vision, vaccinations. Pick a thing. It's all automatic. Um, you know, and there's a plan of the day that this is issued every single day. You don't even have to choose your clothing. It is directed for you all day. <laughs> Lined up day, down to the buttons. Know. Yep. Everything. Your hair. Your Absolutely. Everything. Yeah, no choices. And and so it frees your mind up to be able to do so many other things, right? And um, when you get ready to get out, you know, my my last knee surgery, uh, my doctor came in. Uh, she was awesome. She came in and I uh, was in a small hospital room painted in the appropriate governmental seafoam green and uh, no TV, no phone in the room, pre-cell phones. And her quote uh, exit interview or exit statement was, you're out. We cannot repair you. And uh, that was the oh, end of my military tenure. Yeah, uh, a little rough. Uh, I was on a Friday, had three days to dawdle around in my own thoughts, which is a safe place to be, right? Trapped in your own right. mentality. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're sitting here and you're playing out the table. And, man, I had a career. I was not going anywhere. I knew exactly what I was going to be doing 14 years from the day before. Like, I had no doubts what my, my plan was. And... Uh, as I started to get out and process, the one thing I had to my benefit, I picked up the phone and called my submarine commander uh, and asked, uh, I let him know, I'm like, hey, Captain, I'm, I'm out. They're, they're not going to fix me. They're not going to let me stay in. What do I do? And uh, he said, really simple, uh, hire a resume writer. He goes, that's the first step. He goes, your vocabulary, your education, everything that we've been developing in you for the last um, six years doesn't equate conversationally to the civilian world. And since so hire a really good resume writer, and unless you think that the cost is too much, you're not hiring a good enough person. Like you need it to really cost a lot of money so that you get the best. And I was in San Francisco area at the time. So I hired a resume writer and this lady interviewed me for three days converting and worked on converting my time in the military to the civilian world and helped me with, you know, to borrow from Navy's nuke world, key, key phrases or keywords and tricky phrases, right? Trying to make you understand that the time you spent in was all leadership minded. It was all executions. Uh, it was tactics, it was strategy. It was all terms that get used in the civilian world. We just had a different set of terms. And so we went through that exercise. The last day was actually a little role play on the interview process on learning to speak with uh, adjectives and adverbs. 
because those were not popular in the military uh, during uh, uh, really business-oriented conversations. So we spent some time. Uh, she may have taken me too far, maybe a little too chatty now, but um, but we went through this process, and you know I applied for five jobs, got five jobs, uh, five job offers, and. The next time when I was ready to transition from that first sales job, what I what ended me in this industry, I applied for to five companies again, and I got five job offers. And um, it, it was one of those things where they coached you, or this person coached me on the next thing. And so to circle back around to my volunteer time I'm putting in, it's how do you help folks get out? Because you're moving when you get out at first. You are an angry elf. I mean, you are ticked off all the time. Uh, you'll be standing in a tavern. Military people do tend to find those in the evenings, sometimes in the afternoon, but you're standing in a tavern and some person will bump into you. Nothing just casually bump into you, and it's like you drop the hockey gloves and it's game on. And it takes a while, and you, it, what, you, what I figured out was you move from this remarkably structured world into a remarkably unstructured environment. Freedom of choice was not really a thing in the military. And all of a sudden you've got all these decisions to make. And, you know, you go accept a job offer and you show up and they're like, uh, there's your desk, clean it off. Uh, we'll get to you later this week. And like, that's your onboarding. Um, that's not the military way. And so it's, there's this whole anxiety anger, frustration. And uh, I was fortunate. I had some really good coaches like my, my, my submarine commander uh, and others that helped me make the transition. But the average person getting out of the military, they don't have that. And so on that DEI panel that you referenced earlier in Vegas, the military is a, a group that has to, to be addressed. Um, disabled veterans are yet again because they're not getting out by choice most of the time. They're getting out uh, as, not to say you're no longer welcome, but if you don't get to keep your job anymore, you're no longer welcome. Like there's this whole process of you're perfect, you're 10 foot tall, you're bulletproof to peace, love, see you later. And um, so there are groups that are out there that are forming to try to help with that transition. And uh, I, I signed up with a group uh, as a founding member and I uh, haven't been able to give them a lot of time in the last 90 days because our industry is on fire right now. But <laughs> the, the group is designed to help um, military groups inside of organizations have a voice and be understood and how to maximize that potential. And so I kind of went a, around a little bit, but it's a, a very long process to get from being in the military to being a civilian. And while we think of uh, equity and inclusion with different groups, Every group's got their challenge, and and how do you yeah. hear them, and how do you understand them, and uh, so anyway, that's a little bit of the path I've been on for the last uh, twenty four months. What what are the oh go ahead no, go ahead, go ahead Jeff that's all right no go ahead I was just gonna say what one of the things that stood out as you were talking is that translation of skills you know I think that without the education of our industry right and using using what you have already learned and segueing that into this business well we don't know what this business is how are you gonna how are you gonna frame it right like how, how do you go apply um into the industry but it, the way that whole introduction piece that you were talking about of translating your skill set to match uh using the the resume writer is, is brilliant and actually it, it brings up a lot of 
PTSD reading a lot of resumes, I'm like, you know, sorry, that was a bad term, but, um, you know, but bringing up, you know, looking at resumes of people and I'm like, you're, you're, you have so many skills. If, if only that they applied to what we were hiring for, you know, so it's like, so how do you get them? How do you get people to understand what we do is, and then, or look for the skills that you think would trans translate, you know, so you can hire the right people and um, bring more people into the industry. So it's a lot, a lot of good, a lot of good points there. Yeah. I feel like people always just took a chance on me because, you know, I had like a bunch of skills, but nothing was really honed in. You know, I was in the Navy, I was interior communications, which is um, on an aircraft carrier guys. It's like actually right outside one of the nuclear power plants. So I had to be qualified and had to have all this stuff that he did. I'd have all the education that he did, but I was still a little radioactive, you know, but um, I enjoyed it. I, I learned so much. It's that it's the, you know, 12 hours on 12 hours off when you're 12 hours off, you still have a four hour watch and you go from that to, you know, you, this normal life. And, and, and it, I, I was blessed. I had people who gave me a chance. Um, but there, there are so many people who, who weren't so, so lucky. Um, I know Tommy, we've talked so many times and we just, our conversations gone for hours. We're talking all Navy stories, but I have, I have two questions for you. One, what, why did you choose the Navy over the other, um, you know, branches and B what was one habit? Cause I saw this kind of in a, in a Facebook group, uh, last week, what's one habit that you've kept that you learned in boot camp or in the Navy that you still do today? Uh, yeah. Um, so we'll start with the choose. How did I choose the Navy? Um, well, I've, in class in college and um the recruiters came to school and they posed a very simple question um who wants to go to school for free and um that's a very powerful question when you're working a full-time job and paying your own way and everything else so so that helped but the other thing uh my uncle was was navy my great uncle was navy um and my uncle gave me some really simple advice. He said, take a look at a map sometime and show me a great piece of real estate that any of the other branches own. All of the Navy bases are waterfront. They've all got a beautiful view. You're not going to end up in like some dastardly place. Um, so, you know, it's just something to keep in mind. Now, he left out some other details that would have weighed in on, you know, <laughs> long deployment, time away, et cetera. But yeah. it was a really good argument to a 19-year-old idiot, right? And uh, so, but, you know, frankly, my my alignment with the Navy was was pretty spot on from day one. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that was that was a pretty simple decision on my end. Uh, the The things that I still do, from the military. Uh, so one, I still get a haircut every two weeks, even though my hair is longer now, I cannot function. I cannot feel right if I don't have a haircut, especially if it's before a big meeting. It's gotta be done. Uh, second one, it's a weird little thing. I only shave down. Um, so when you're in boot camp, they teach you never to shave up because it can cause razor burn, which causes mm. a lot of other issues. And uh, so I still only shave down, even though a better shave is going up. Um, third one, I despise tardiness. Like it freaks me all the way out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> it, it's being on time. <laughs> so, 
So it's it's one of those things. And I and you know, in the Zoom world we've been in for the last twenty months, uh twenty twenty two months, geez, twenty four months, I guess, here in a, in a week. Too long. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, these calls are all back Zoom calls go back to back all day long. So I'm late constantly and it just it just gets me. I'm like we um I, I've been working to set all my calls at fifty five minutes. So that I, I can try to end and be at the next one on time. So those are probably my three biggest transitions from the military. I gotcha. Yeah, I I'm, think. I'm curious now, okay. Meg, do you have any? I have one and my family hates it. I get, I mean, I, I get, aside from the lateness thing, because it, it literally gives me anxiety. And with VJ, 99% of the time, and then the kids on top of it, I'm always late. Like I can never be on time and it just kills me. But my weird OCD thing is I, when I make the beds, they all have to have 45 degree angles. I go in the bedrooms and I'm like 45 degree angles. <laughs> so yes, that I have to, I like a good made bed, but I don't even make my bed. I just, when I make it the first time, it has to have the 45 degree angles <laughs> and that's it. So yeah, that's my little thing it's like you know you get up you can control that it looks nice you go about your day like brushing your teeth one thing at a time yeah. <laughs> so meg let me let me ask yeah, you oh boy <laughs> no, go, ahead, go ahead tommy no go ahead jeff all right so meg let me ask you then from from your perspective uh outside of military just being able to sort of leverage your resources <laughs> and, and turn them into success have you been able to use to your um i guess to your belief uh, you know, from the female aspect with, within your success? That's a good question. Um, you know, Sagmi actually asked me that when I did an article on me like last year and I, whew, I had more time to prepare for that answer. So I'm going to wing it on this one, but I don't ever, I'm not the, the person that's going to pull up my woman card. I'm, I'm all about, you know, self-accountability, working hard, you get what you, you know, just working hard for everything. And I, and I, that's the, the Navy aspect of it. Me. I mean, like I said, we would work 16 hours a day and that was like mm. a good day, you know? Yeah. So I, I, yes, I think I do. Um, being a veteran, I definitely use that card a hundred times, like hundred more, like I go to Home Depot, I'm going to get that 10% discount, you know, <laughs> but it is, it has helped me because people, you know, we've had this conversation on our Veterans Day podcast before. And I know even Stephen was asking like, Hey, I want to hire this veteran. I don't know. What do you think? I think that we have a certain set of skills, you know what I'm saying? Like we know a guy, but no, we do have a, set, a certain set of skills. We have leadership skills. We have camaraderie skills. Like we know how to adapt and evolve into any type of situation. So I, well, I mean, feel I think, like you've, I, I think you've been able to, uh, you know, utilize it for sure, at least within yeah. the industry. I mean, not, not, I mean, this conversation went a totally different direction than I thought it was going to go. And I'll <laughs> that in just a second, but uh, you know, with, you know, just being included and actually, um, I guess, being invited into certain groups like Women's Leadership Conference, I'm sure you're in, of course. you know, different groups with, uh, with ladies in the industry that gives you, you know, access to different information that I'm sure you're able to utilize and, and help your success. But, um, you know, personally, I, I thought this, because uh, when I think, you know, using your resources like uh, military or being woman, uh, being a female or something like that, I, I instantly think business owner, you know, mm -hmm. you're a military veteran uh, owned business uh, or, or minority owned woman owned something like that. Um, you know, and I'm just wondering, like, I'm glad this conversation kind of went a different direction because I'm always interested in hearing how else you can sort of take advantage of those resources without necessarily just owning your own business. Um, but do you guys, do either one of you have anything to say in regards to those things before we sort of wrap things up? 
Well, uh, Tommy, I, I just want to say something really quickly. I I listened to the panel that Tommy did with um, some brilliant, brilliant women and, and men. Um, but one of the women on there was a very proud, her, her company's name was like something pride or whatever. And she was very proud that she, at first people, I guess, told her that she should become qualified for LGBTQ, all that good stuff. And she was like, I don't need to. Da, da, da. Then once she did, she wasn't having to knock on so many doors. They were now coming to her. So I feel like it's, it's all about using your resources, you know, play to your strengths. If, if my strength is being a very proud veteran, then I'm going to be, people are going to see that, but that's part of my values. And I, I think that's what it comes down to your values and your morals and, and what you believe in. And I think that goes for anybody. You find something that you're passionate about and be passionate about it. Be yourself and be authentic. Being authentic is the, the number one thing that, that people see. And I'm like, I, I don't like to go sell people things. I want to educate. I want to get to know you. I want to be your friend. I don't, I don't want to just sell you and take your order. Like, like, so I think that's where I'm coming from, but Tommy, go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off. I know you had something there. Yeah. Little nugget. Well, that's, yeah, that's Elise with brand pride and she is a remarkable. Brand pride, yes. Um, and you know, we all battle, um, the equity conversation of, do we play a card? Do we take an angle that is going to leverage us to the front of the line? And we never bat an eye to do it with a reference or somebody on the inside that might be able to help you skip a, a step or two. But there, there is a resistance and a hesitancy um, to do some of that. You know, Kathy with Snugs was on the panel and she referenced, you know, being hesitant about uh, leveraging an opportunity that she was presented at school and with the corporate and going into corporate America. And, and I think that was the purpose of that DEI panel is there are opportunities that are out there and we have to open our minds to the opportunity as opposed to resenting the, the grade card. Right. And, and when we put it out there and we give ourselves the chance to look at something with a pure, um, a, a pure evaluation of how do I get myself to this next level? If it's, Hey, I know Susie and she's in charge of this decision. I'm going to call Susie and see if she can weigh in on my, my project, my award, whatever. We don't bat an eye at that. I mean, we, we do that and we do it with vigor, but you turn it around and, and there's this evaluation of to your point, Jeff, as a, you know, as a veteran and a disabled veteran, you know, there are benefits to uh, owning your own business, this, that, and the other thing. But it, to me, the conversation really comes back to the relatability when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, you may get an interview, but you got to be awesome. Like you got to bring it and you got to bring it with all the gusto that you have. And uh, the, the folks that were on that panel, remarkable folks. And they all made their living and created their life without leveraging any specific uh, group that they belong to. But they, they were able to celebrate who they are and advance in some new and unique ways, probably not differently than they would have succeeded uh, or any different level of success, but a different approach to the way they're able to see, to succeed and celebrate their identity a bit. And Mm -hmm. For me, as a as a veteran, I've never used that as an application uh, reference. Uh, for years, I didn't put it on my resumes. I mean, for years, uh, didn't include it in conversation. There used to be a pretty harsh bias against the military in the sales culture. Um, you don't have a creative mind. You are in the box thinker. You are used to being told what to do. 
And for anybody who's not been in the military, it is very easy to have those very misshapen um, ideologies in your head. When you are in the military, you are given the scenario of here's where you are. This is your situation. Make peace with what you have. And if you can think of a nuclear powered submarine being at some depth below the surface and all the resources you have on board are all you're going to get and then light the thing on fire. And all of a sudden you are going to figure out how to put a fire out blindfolded because you are going to be in a pitch black room and to qualify submarines, you got to be able to navigate every inch of that submarine, all the oxygen stations and everything blindfolded, going up and down levels and ladders and everything else. But when you start getting to creative, you really find out who you have when you get a veteran. And if you are not really close with the military world, you have no idea. Take a bunch of folks and drop them in the middle of the desert and tell them to go solve a problem. Oh, yeah. And what you have is what's in your backpack. You're going to get inventive. You're going to get creative. And you know what? You're going to get really close with your team because many minds are way better in almost every instance than one mind. And um, you take any group of people, throw them in a room. Someone will lead that room in a very short period of time. And um, if there's a military person in that room, if they don't like the, the people who are trying to take charge, they will take charge. And it will, it will happen in a pretty unique way. So um, I think that there are leverage opportunities with military. There are leverage opportunity with African-American, um, the, the LGBTQ world, um, Hispanic women. It doesn't matter which group you choose. We're all human and we all want to succeed. But if we don't really embrace the differences, it is really hard to embrace your own success, right? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's something that makes us all a better person. So if I can piggyback on that just uh, real quick, your question kind of jogged a thought in my mind. In the promo world, I feel like there's two levels of purchasers and, and our world is kind of split. There's a RFP, RFQ bidding world where there's benefits, obviously, in those proposals where you actually there's actually sections you can mark um, your company's identification, whether it's veteran-owned, WeBank certified, minority-owned, and then there's relationship-based, right? So there, there's benefits from both sides, you know, whether you're there's you're doing it through the the you know official governmental bidding process channels, or even just having those relationships and being able to re relate to people that are similar or have similar experiences. I feel like there's there could be good use of skills in either one of those um, that could be beneficial. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, to piggyback on that, I, I will throw out one of the most important steps that any of our diversely owned, um, well, frankly, competitors, but our diversely owned suppliers can take is to get certified. And you referenced government spending. It's the whole Fortune 500, Fortune 1000. Yeah. They're looking to, to have uh, conversations uh, and execution inside their shop. Tier one spend means they're buying from a diversely classified uh, company, diversely certified company. Tier two means that they're buying from someone who is buying goods from a diversely certified company. Those tier two certifications right now are ringing the bell as loudly as tier one certifications. Um, they're looking for economic impact. And so our suppliers that are in our industry, and I had a conversation with one uh, in, in Vegas that 
launched a really cool new line of products. And I met the owner of the company. And my first question was, are you a certified women-owned business? Uh, no. And I'm like, you're really missing the boat here because there is an opportunity to promote and lead when you have that diversity opportunity. So it's, it's an education. And I don't know that people are slowing down enough to really think about it. And right now we are back in the proverbial high cotton again, like business is really good for many, many people in our industry. It's going to be tough to get people to slow down and think about, do I take the time to invest in getting that certification? No matter how much I would like to have it, can I make myself stop and go do it? And uh, I would challenge our, our suppliers and, and even the distributors throughout our industry. If you qualify, certify. It's a really, really strong step that you can take, and it also opens the door in some advocacy opportunities within the different chambers of commerce and things like that through the U.S. Yeah, I would think one of the one of the major uh, issues with that is people not once it's like, OK, now I got it. Now what? And I think that's the, the step that I think a lot of people maybe get hung up on. Um, like I, I know when I worked for, uh, the distributor I worked with, we were trying to get on the GSA schedule and all that good stuff. And it's, there's a lot involved with that. And we've, we've heard, you know, there's a lot of people that get it, but then they don't really, they're not able to, to turn it into, you know, anything. So I think there's a whole nother level of education beyond, uh, just getting it, uh, getting the certifications as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, do you, Meg, do you, Steven, do you guys have anything else that you want to sort of add before we get wrapped up so that, uh, so that we can get Tommy to his next Zoom meeting uh, on time? <laughs> no, yeah, it was Tommy great. Was great. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, excellent. Awesome. If I may share one, one resource with the group before we break, um, yeah. there's a group called a, a Department of Defense Service uh, called SkillBridge, and uh, it's a remarkable solution. Uh, it's designed for active military that are within 180 days of, uh, of exit from the military. And um, it is a paid um, internship, meaning the government pays for the internship uh, for you to have this person's staff in your company. Um, there is work to be done to, to be able to get it done. But in the labor world that we're in right now in the labor shortage, I would recommend you at least take a look on the website see what's there see if you can um, schedule yourself into it but you're not getting an intern uh, without skills you're getting an intern that has life experience you're getting an intern that has a remarkable amount of training and you are high, very highly likely getting somebody that you may not know where to put them in your shop but you bring them in they will find a place to be successful in your organization and um, it, it costs you the grand financial sum of zero, but it does cost a little bit of time to, to work through the process. What, what was the name of that again? <laughs> Just skill bridge. Skill bridge. Okay. Skill bridge. All right. Very cool. Yeah, that sounds yeah. awesome, actually. I mean, I know, <clears throat> excuse me, we've, we've always had really great, uh, you know, experience with, uh, with military veterans. Uh, they always tend to, to work out and be really great employees. Uh, that's not to say that that's always the case, but I think the large majority for sure. Um, so that's awesome. If you got the opportunity to do that. Um, awesome. Well, uh, look, hopefully you guys were able to get something from this, uh, from this podcast. I think it was great. Uh, a lot of really good information there, uh, and dropping the nuggets. If you stayed there, uh, there till the end, I think that's a huge one. 
Um, but look, when you're thinking about promotional items and stellar customer service or made in the USA products and business solutions, you got to think TechWeld. Uh, TechWeld's an award-winning promotional product supplier, having received Distributor Choice Award or the Distributor Choice Award in the sunglass category. And they also received the Sagney Supplier of the Year Award. Uh, check them out at TechWeld, that's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com, and find the customer service you deserve and the products that you need. Uh, think TechWeld. Uh, they've got some custom packaging options, which is awesome. Uh, at TechWeld, they like to create new every day with their uh, custom packaging division being a great example of that. And each box takes on a life of its own uh, and they can work to really meet your custom packaging specifications uh, regarding packaging. So really cool and something to think uh, think about and keep in mind. Uh, and they've also got uh, what we talked about, you know, them winning the, uh, the Sunglass uh, Distributor Choice Award in, in that category. Uh, they've got incredible sunglasses. They're uh, FDA approved. Uh, mini SKUs are FDA approved with uh, UVA and UVB protection. Uh, so definitely worth checking them out for that for sure. Uh, remember to think TechWeld for your promotional product needs. TechWeld's a leading supplier of promotional products with a huge inventory of made in the USA products available to help distributors grow their bottom line today. Visit uh, techweld.com. That's T-E-K-W-E-L-D.com. And uh, check out their drinkware, sanitizer, kit options, and much more. And tell them the industry insider sent you. Tommy, really appreciate you joining us today and dropping some knowledge bombs on us, man. Really, really do. Uh, it was pretty awesome. And thank you for your service as well. I know there was a couple of people that chimed in in the comments to, to thank you. Um, so really cool. And uh, our industry is better for having you. For sure. Well, thank you. You're very kind. It was a pleasure to be on with you today. And uh, for the folks that are out that were listening today, thank you for investing time and in, uh expanding your brains, man. That's how we're all going to get better. So cheers to you all. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll take care. We'll see you next week. Tommy, hopefully we didn't make you late for your next one. <laughs> all right. Not take care, all. guys. Cheers, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.